It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall, and it is an Articles of News episode. It's me, Richie T. I've uh, been around, what, 12 years doing this thing? Uh, not the first ever um, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints news podcast, but the only one that has had someone doing it for 12 years. So you can be original, you can be the entitled first one that was ever doing it, but when you've been doing it six months, do me a kind solid and stop telling me you, telling me that you are the original uh, news podcast. Please and thank you. That's done and done. That, that, that is like a situational comedy where they completely recast the sitcom and they're like, oh yeah, no, it's it's the longest running sitcom and it's not. No. It is not. You can be original. That's fine. I will give you that grace. I really don't care that much. I just wanted to make it sound like I did. It, yeah, that's reasonable. It annoys me at a level one because you know what? You haven't been there. You haven't been in the ring. You're not on, on the 12th round. Nope. You're still doing the cute things like naming things and all that. We we are an institution. <laughs> we have three blocks of the cultural hall because back when we started the cultural hall, we met for three hours and there was a bell, which you hear between each blocks, Every which time. we moved around and we went to church for three hours. And you know what we did? We walked there. <laughs> the laughing That was a nice diatribe. <laughs> Thank you. The laughing accompaniment today brought to you by, again, Megan the Mitch Mitchell, uh, her schedule and I schedule uh, really great. So really great. Uh, it's not that I don't enjoy other people and not that I don't enjoy you being here as well. But if some people are like, what's the deal? Is the Mitch, you know, pushing people out? Some people swimming with cement boots? No, it's because I never plan anything. We're able to get it. But not to worry. I've got in the books. Uh, I've got a scheduled articles of news in the future with Mr. Mayor. Also uh, with Annette, and we're going to talk probably a short uh, little portion about going to the Minerva Tiger exhibition. Uh, so excited. At the Church History Museum. And that'll either be a short special episode or maybe like a third block of one of the news is coming up. Uh, because at this point, you can't see it. It's done. It's over. You missed it. Should have done mm -hmm. it. Should have gone. You Should've did done. not. Why didn't you do that? Mm-hmm. But you did. Exactly. You I were did. You did. Uh, I want to share a couple of uh, ratings or reviews that have come into the cultural hall. Uh, we used to do this really well. I've kind of not done it very well for the last little while. And we've got a couple. So let me uh, shout out Dr. JDB87 says, uh, I love when I see a new pod, uh, I'm sorry, a new episode has been released. I love that Richie and crew are informed and present great content in an honest, thoughtful understanding and compassionate way so thank you dr jdb87 i wonder uh, what he's a doctor of or uh, she uh jdb uh juris doctorate uh Bilarkey. sure since 1987 uh makes sense wood says 10 plus years on the back row i started listening to the culture hall over 10 years and that time i've subscribed and unsubscribed to countless podcasts but the one that has constant the one that has remained over all that time has been the cultural hall and after all this time i'm still excited when i see a new episode has dropped there's still plenty of room on the back row back row it's nice back here thank you adk wood that's and awesome it? adk wood i know another podcast you should subscribe to as well oh, and oh, you'll stick shameless, around shameless shameless it's called the uh, Little Lessons Podcast. Go take oh, a I look. I thought you were going to recommend something else. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I got another one. I was picking up this uh, How Things Work podcast. Uh, and then finally, uh, this one from Misfire 3. 
appreciates the variety of perspectives, that and the not-so-serious take on things, news mainly, the willingness to speak of not-great things as well as the, quote, good news, end quote, is needed. I hope some of the general leadership of the church does or would listen to it. So thank you, Miss Fire 3. Uh, that's the last little bit. If you are uh, the way that you consume this here show available in podcast form allows you the opportunity to review. I would hope that you would do so. Uh, if you uh, want to reach out and say, hey, I, you know, I've been meaning to, or can you point me in the right direction? Or you just want to do something like Dan uh, Daniel Yanez has done. You can send a uh, just an email. He says, that last episode was fantastic. And goes on to say, thanks, Richie, for the lost membership interview. This is number 715. Uh, you can find a link to it in the show notes if you don't want to go searching for it. It says, I love pretty much every episode from your show, but every now and then there are some that are just so critical and important, and this is one of them. As a current bishop in the United Kingdom, I've had to work with members and former members that have gone through the formerly known as church discipline process, and it has been both humbling and challenging. I found we do, on average, a terrible job engaging with members of our community, don't fit the, quote, A mold, as you mentioned at one point, and it not only broke my heart, but also made me furious to learn that the interviewee was not allowed to speak at his own mum's funeral service because of his membership status. Perhaps it's the timing of it as on Sunday we had my grandma's funeral service in Chile, and I am literally writing this from the airport on the way back to the UK from this tender moment for my life's family. Uh, and it never crossed my my and it never crossed my mind that any of my family members would not be allowed to speak on church grounds. Conversations like this in a faith-promoting yet cultural uh, and raw way, that might be a translation that I didn't quite get, are one of the many things we need to do to be better and to become closer to the ideal of being a Zion people. Thanks, Daniel Yanez, Yanez, uh, for that email, contact at theculturalhall.com. And you know, if you listen to uh, the This Week in Mormons, Daniel is one of the international hosts that will sometimes step into the This Week in Mormon, then do some news. Cool. So thank you for that email. Contact at theculturalhall.com if you want to get in touch with us. What, say the Mitch, is new with you? Oh, um... Not a ton. We're getting ready to start school in the next few weeks for all of my kids. And the funny thing is, so I have three kids who are in a like the school district, traditional school district, and I have three who are in a charter. Mm -hmm. And so that's six kids if you're doing the math mm -hmm. and it's not hard to do. Um, my two my two oldest ones who are in the charter, they're not my oldest kids, but they're the, the oldest in the charter. They start one day, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On a Thursday. Well, I don't sure. know who because why wouldn't you start school on a Thursday? It's like a, medi a medication. You got to ramp it up. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but Wait, we already have. Back to, you want them to come back to a full week, Megan? I know. How, right? But it's yeah. funny because we have all of these like ramp up activities. You know, sure. they'll meet the teacher one day and the supplies drop off another day and the da 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 da. And then my oldest two, they're a senior and a junior um, in the school district. They start the following Monday. Mm -hmm. My ninth grader starts the following Tuesday sure. and then my kindergartner starts the following Thursday. So it is like the longest process to get my kids all back in school. And I'm very, very excited about it. Like so excited. And there's a lot of people who will be like, oh, your youngest is going to kindergarten and all day kindergarten. And aren't you devastated about it? Short answer. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so excited <laughs> 
for now, my does, youngest to go to school all day. Does kindergartner take the bus or do you drop him no, off? They, they'll be walking. Okay. It's just around the corner. What? And Let your kids walk to school? I know. I know. It, come at me, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, first I want my kid to go to school all day and I want him to walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Contact at theculturalhall.com. Yeah, Get the come at her. Come at her. Yeah, yeah. Come at me. Um, so that's really exciting. And now I'm finding myself, I'm like, I've got all this free time now mm-hmm. because if it were half day kindergarten, I would drop him off and like go grocery shopping and then have to come back and get him. And my sure. day would be like totally segmented. But now I have like eight to three of just solo me time. And I'm trying to find all of the ways that I can fill that time. Mm-hmm. I may be overshooting it, but mm-hmm. I'm real excited about it. Give me so, an idea. What does it look like? What are the, well, like, I'm sure I know knowing you that part of that will be like a little bit of me time, a little bit of physical fitness, maybe spend yes. a little bit more time doing something at the gym or leaning into something that way, but you can't do that Absolutely. eight hours. That, that that's right. ridiculous. That would be excessive. Sure. Um, and then I, well, I start my news, my next semester of school on September 11th. Okay. So that's okay. coming up and okay. I'm taking more credit hours. So that's going to take some time. Sure. I am going to re-enter the workforce after basically being out of the workforce what? for 18 years. What are you doing? I didn't know this. I don't, well, I don't know yet. Oh. I'm in the process of applying for jobs and it's not going to be anything like, I'm not entering corporate America in a pantsuit. It's nothing like that because I've been a mom for 18 years. So my resume is lacking, but I'm, I've found some retail places that I'm going to apply. You know, I'll probably apply to like Target, Cabela's, Costco, um, you know, places like that and just kind of throw spaghetti at the wall and see what lands. I might even shoot for something with like an airline, like a remote job with an airline for flight benefits. Could be cool. We'll see. Yeah. Could, could be very cool. Um, I would like to maybe work in the temple. Um, there you go. The pay is not great. In fact, they charge you, but not, I get not, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'll write a book. Maybe I'll go fishing. Who knows? Well, right. The okay. world is my my oyster. And it's your oyster, too. It's my oyster, too. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to try new things and, you know, kind of figure out who Megan the Mitch is mm-hmm, mm-hmm, a little bit mm-hmm. because... I don't want to say you lose your identity as a mom, but maybe you lose your identity when you become a mom a little bit. And, oh, and then of course I'll keep going with my podcast, the little lessons podcast and see what kind of marvelous growth I can make happen with that. There you go. There you go. Good for you. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have a story that I wish to tell you and then I want to hear uh, and then we'll take a break and we'll come back and just do a gob of news until my computer dies. No cord. And I'm not going back upstairs to plug it in. So we're going to go as long as we can until it's about to shut down. That's how yep. much news you'll get today. The other day I was up in uh, Heber City for people who don't know. It's about an hour from Salt Lake. Uh, it's where the Heber Valley Temple is being announced. And there's all the controversy as far as that goes. We'll talk about that coming up in the third block with uh, the Pharaoh, Corey K. Ward in the Temple Ticker. That's coming up. Um, and there is the world, not the world's, I take that back. The nation's biggest cabin is in oh. a place called Timber Lakes. And the uh, lodge is called Timber Moose Lodge. It's a log cabin, beautiful. Lots of people uh, rent this place out for weddings because you can kind of have your whole party come up and they each get a room and they can stay there. And and a lot of family reunions, as you can probably imagine mm-hmm. as well. Well, the matriarch of a family from Las Vegas reached out to me and said, We hear that you're the best DJ in Utah. We would love it if you would come DJ our family reunion. 
And I said, okay, tell me more. And she said, well, we're thinking we just would like to have a dance party. And in my mind, just so you know, uh, and I, I can be candid about this, whenever anyone approaches me about any event, I very quickly am like, this will be easy, or this sounds like a fun challenge, or this could 50-50 be the worst night of my life. <laughs> and um, and smaller parties and family reunions are tricky. The only thing maybe more tricky than something like that is a gathering of teenagers. And, yeah. and I'm pretty well to the point that I have enough other business that I'm like, all right, no, teenagers, you you know, high school dances, that's that's that is better suited for someone else. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because they're jerks. They say things yes. like next, next, and they just yes. re- and they re- boo. Resently, yeah, boo, stop, stand, leave, all the things. I can't I'm don't dance. Yeah, don't dance, stand at the wall. Why don't you play? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, you know, so much angst. I can't do it. Yes. I can't do it. Yeah. So I'm like, family reunion. Here we go. Let's do it. So I roll up and uh, I had asked the woman, I said, hey, are you guys doing like a theme or anything like that? She's like, no, it's just family reunion. We're having a good time. Well, I had been at a pool party just before. And so I'm kind of wearing, you know, a kind of a light, nice leisure short sleeve shirt and a pair of shorts. And then were you DJing that pool party? I was. Okay. And then uh, uh, then a nice pair of uh, shoes, running Mm -hmm. shoes that are old. I've retired them, but they're bright orange. So I'm a very loud character. And immediately as I pull up, people begin to judge me. And rightfully so, because they're they're thinking, grandma or great grandma, why do we want to have a dance party at our family reunion? They're doing family photos and I get set up. Now, when I go on the inside of this cabin, I notice a gentleman that uh, has one arm and he's got kind of, he's got, you know, he's got the one hand and then he's got uh, no arm in the second, in the second sleeve. And what I think, of course, is not that this gentleman doesn't have an arm. I think this is Uncle Todd and he's doing the old, (laughs) I don't have an arm prank. For the kids, right? <laughs> like his arm is like tucked down inside his shirt. Right, exactly, okay. right? But it wasn't. As it turned okay. out, he did not, in fact, have an arm. So okay. we go out, we do this dance party out on the deck. It's beautiful. It had been mm-hmm. hot, but out there was just gorgeous, a beautiful view of the Heber Valley. And, you know, it's uh, solace and peace. And there's a lake below and it's it's everything that you would want. And we get into the dance party. And you know what? hundred percent. It was great. People were dancing. Hey, can you play this? Will you teach us out of this? All of the things. And I was like, man, this made this event a lot easier. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So then I pack up, get all my stuff into my car. And right before I leave, because I have to go all the way back to uh, Salt Lake to where Mm -hmm. I live, it's an hour's worth of drive. I want to use the restroom before I go. I go inside. Gentleman uh, with the one arm is seated, face towards me, and his daughter is probably at like a nine o'clock, right? Okay. He's at 12, yeah. she's at nine. And okay. uh, yeah. he said, and he says, hey, really great job tonight. I had a lot of fun. And he did. He was out having a great time as well. So I went into the bathroom and- Can I interrupt you really, yes. really quick? Uh-huh. How old was this gentleman? He was probably 50, 55, maybe. Okay. Okay. Yep. That gives me some context. And as it turns out, had lost his arm in a motorcycle accident. Okay. It had, uh, he, and it happens, as I came to found, find out more, uh, it happens more frequently than you would think when your body gets hurled from a motorcycle that it becomes detached enough that lots of 
motorcycle sure. accident uh, victims will lose an arm or a leg. Interesting. So I went into the bathroom and, you know, he, he had told me really great job. And I was like, thank you. Thank you, sir. So went into the bathroom, using the bathroom, washing my hands. And I'm like, you know, I probably shouldn't do what I'm about to do. (laughs) But then I sort of talk myself into this thing where I'm like, but I can do this. I think (laughs) I can do this. And then I'm like, no, but if this goes bad, you're going to wish you hadn't done this. But I was like, no, I, I think I can do this. So, so excited to find out what this is. I come out of the bathroom and I charge right up to him. His daughter is at my left and he's right in front of me. I can see her peripherally, but not, you know, completely. And she can't really see my face and I'm looking right at him. And I'm, I said, sir, I have a bone to pick with you. And he, and he, I, I very assertively said this and he's like, I, I uh, it, you know, sort of stumbly. And I said, I, I have to say, you said that I did a really great job out there. Is that right? And he's like, yeah, I mean, I thought you played great music and everyone seemed to have a, a, a great time. And I said, okay, I hear that. But, but here's the thing. Not one time, not one time tonight while I was playing music, while you were out there dancing, did you give me a round of applause? Not once did you give me a round of applause. And in my peripheral vision, I see the daughter all color just gone out of her face with a with a literal mouth jaw drop what is he saying what is he doing and i look at him again she can't see me and i wink <laughs> and he's like no you're you're right sir i should i should have and then he just loses it and starts laughing so hard and he's like you should see your face pointing to his daughter (laughs) he got you so good that was so funny i can't believe oh she was gonna come and attack you she was and it was hilarious to the point we couldn't control it like uh like uh you know giddy little um school children in the back and the teacher keeps saying doo-doo or something something like that could not control the laughter that we had and he said oh that was a great laugh have a great night and we're still just oh laughing hard as we made our, our my way to the car one oh of my the best things i wouldn't say ever but certainly in 2023 that i've oh, ever yeah said. Absolutely. no i shouldn't but i definitely am gonna do it way to go thank you thank you high five i yep. i uh I appreciate this story. That's hilarious. Uh, if I you love, could have seen your like face, uh, it was it was pretty great. I sure. on my drive home again had the hour long drive. I retold the story to my wife on the telephone. Yeah, and it went like this. I, you know, I winked and we started laughing. <laughs> Can you promise not to do that again? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a reaction that my husband might have to things that I have done. Sure, where sure. I, I can't think of a specific, but I do know that he would say something like that. Like, yeah, okay, I can see that you really enjoyed that and uh you you think you're hilarious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe don't don't do it again. And then I'm like, well, challenge accepted. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and she asked the question, was it worth it? To which we both know the answer. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So so there you go. <laughs> Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll do actual articles of news. Best DJ in Utah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country. 
uh, but especially here in Utah. Been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the Cultural Hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the Cultural Hall because maybe, just maybe, I give a Cultural Hall discount uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative Creative, affordable design. Let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Some of these stories may be short, some may be long, but all the stories that we will share, uh, you will be able to find links for them in the show notes at theculturalhall.com or wherever you're getting this, you can find them. Uh, in a link with this episode. Uh, we start off here. Uh, missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints passed away this past weekend. Elder Papa Falioike, he said. Sure. Age 22, passed away uh, in a hospital in the Philippines while serving as a missionary. According to Sam Penrod, the church's media relations manager, he was admitted to the hospital with a fever and pneumonia and passed away shortly thereafter. At this time, the exact cause of his symptoms is being investigated. He'd been serving since June of 2022, so just a little over a year. And they said, quote, we express our deepest sympathies and love to Elder Fe-Eliaoke, family and friends to his fellow missionaries who have served at his side for the past 13 months. We pray each will feel the Savior's comfort and strength during this difficult time. So that not necessarily breaking, but just... Uh, came across my scope, my news thing. So I figured I would share that and lead with that. We've got some really hard stories um, that I I hope that we can really get into today. Some, um, I don't know, just gross kind of stories, things that, uh, yeah. Anyway, so, so I guess all to say, serve this as your both adult content warning and trigger warning because there will be multiple times throughout the episode where we'll talk about those things. Not going to be graphic, not going to be explicit as far as those things go, um, but we'll share the details of those stories. What say you? What have you have? Well, first of all, uh, you get to do all of the hard stories and I'll do the palate cleansers. How about that? Thanks. That's perfect. Yep. Mm -hmm. So this one is more uh, tangentially related to the church, although the church does play a part. Um, Parents who fought to legalize CBD in Utah a decade ago to help their epileptic children, did it help? Um, So there's six parents who over over the years were, um, all of their kids have very, very severe forms of epilepsy, having, you know, tens, 50, 100 seizures a day. And I don't know if you've ever seen somebody have a a seizure. There's lots of different kinds of seizures, but the ones that are very visual, they can be terrifying mm-hmm. to witness. Um, 
grand mal seizures are what I'm thinking of. My mom had one when she was sick and it's awful to watch. I can't imagine watching your child experience that even once, let alone hundreds of times a day. Yeah. Um. So there's uh, these parents, April Sintz, Emily Campbell, uh, Katrina Nelson, Clint Atwater, and Annette Mon, um, they all got together to kind of reminisce about the the journey that it took to get CBD legalized in Utah. And they were all, I mean, grasping at straws to try to find something to help their children. You know, the doctors would prescribe medications that sometimes would help, sometimes make things worse. And um, one of the parents had seen a documentary about that came out of Colorado about a girl named Charlotte who had severe a severe form of epilepsy. And um, her parents found a specific strain of CBD oil that helped her, that helped her uh, reduce her seizures to almost non-existent. So these parents were like, well, yeah, that's, that's our answer. And how, what a fight it was for them to be able to even get the opportunity to try it for their kids, let alone get to the point where it could be legalized in Utah, where obviously with our religious majority, um, people were like, yeah, that's never happening. That mm -hmm. is never going to happen. And I remember following the story when it first kind of started ramping up. Um, and initially I was like, ah, CBD, CBD, that's marijuana. Why would you ever, never, mm -hmm. ever, ever. But then learning about it myself, I was like, well, this kind of makes sense. If it's mm -hmm. going to help, it's a natural substance, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, all of these families, you know, they self-describe as Molly Mormons, you know, and, mm -hmm. and so it's kind of a strange, you know, combination. Um, and un for some of these kids, it helped a lot for some of these kids. It didn't, some of sure. them can't, some of them can't take it anymore because they live in state facilities. So they can't have access to it. Um, this, this article is extremely long and I am not hitting all of the high points. And I apologize for that because there's just no way to actually get all of the information, but there is one young girl, um, Char, uh, sorry, Charlie Nelson it might be Charlie. Um, but she was, it says the Nelsons wheeled Charlie into the, onto the Utah Senate floor in a stroller as senators voted on the bill bearing her name. It's called Charlie's law. She was so sedated that she didn't even look alive. Two days later, Charlie and her parents were on the house floor. This time she was sitting up. She loved the standing ovation, smiling as she entered the chamber at the chamber clapped for her. Afterward, her parents wheeled her into the Capitol cafeteria where she nodded off and never woke up. She died two days later. She fell asleep as soon as her job was done at the Capitol, said her mom, Katrina Nelson. And she says it the last week of her life could not have been better because this law bearing her name was finally passed. Um, it's interesting, though, as I look back on this, I remember a few years ago when the church kind of was expressing support for the use of cannabis and CBD, you know, and obviously having it be very controlled and not just everybody it's run to your for nearest. for doing, you know, for smoking yeah. a doobie. Which yeah, I exactly. Wanted to say. Yeah, A plus. Yep. Yep. Um, but I remember having a conversation with somebody close to me who was like, I can't believe the church would express any sort of support for this. And I was like, well, hold on a minute. I have a child who is immunocompromised. She has juvenile arthritis. She's had it since she was five. And we have had to pump her body with so much crap to control it, to control the pain, to control the symptoms, all of it. 
And to the point where it's done some damage to other systems in her body in order to control this other issue. And I was like, if I could give her something like that and not have to give her the crap, I would do it in a heartbeat, Sure, you know? And, sure. and this person was also very taken aback that I would say something like that. And I am a huge advocate for modern medicine. I'm not a, a woo-woo, like try, try all of the whatever herbs and spices mm-hmm. in hopes that things will be better. But I was, I go to I, KFC I, and try all the herbs and spices. Exactly. Is that perfect. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I'm like, if there's an alternative that is proven to help, I would do it, sure. you know? And so I, I just, I, I applaud these parents for the work that they did because there is nothing harder than looking at your child and saying, there's nothing I can do to help you. Well, and I- did all that they could, you know? And it's such, it, I mean, it really is just an education piece. You can go back and listen to episode 420 of the Cultural yes. Hall, uh, where we talk all about uh, the CBD and marijuana. Uh, coincidence. A plus on the numbering of it. Thank you. Thank you. Not a coincidence. But you can go back and listen to that. And um, it's just, to, to me, it it, it uh, just like... Um, is at lined out in the word of wisdom where we talk about like tobacco and those things that have uses that are valuable. Mm-hmm. Marijuana, the same. Yeah. That's it. That's all. Yeah. That, is, that to me is, you know, and maybe people would push against this, but that to me is like as gospel as, you know, there is God, the father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy ghost. God created mm-hmm. these things. If we're using them responsible, responsibly, it's his intention that we use them responsibly if they can exactly be. Wait, not well i don't know the re- i heard that marijuana was bad so we uh, better it's not the try marijuana it. in that context please i've yes. heard that i heard marijuana. that the marijuana was bad mm-hmm. and so we better not give it to and and to be clear we're not it's not an ad it's not advocating to give your child who has epilepsy a doobie and yep. let them go to town and you're welcome Thank you. it's you know giving them an element of it that has no psychotropic effects that's nice. i i got there yeah, um uh it's it's an element of it that's going to help them and maybe it won't but let's try you know let's try something and as as laid out in this article there's some kids that it really helped and some kids that it didn't and but they'll also it's like that with all medicines you know like with, like when I talk about my daughter and the medications she's been on, there are some kids who thrive on the medications she's tried and some kids that don't. And there are some sure. medicines that she's tried that don't work for other kids because we're all individuals, you know, mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Preach. Uh, this was interesting. I thought uh, there is a two-part podcast available from the church news that talks all about preach my gospel. It uh, is two episodes. It features members of the First Presidency, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and the Missionary Executive Council teaching from the now version two of Preach My Gospel. This was released uh, late last month, and you can find a link to it in the show notes. It's uh, it's messages from the 2023 seminar for new mission, mission leaders that begins uh, the month of July, but you can find it now in a two-part podcast series. So, worth going and listening to, to be not only up to date by knowing what's in the new um, Preach My Gospel, the second edition, but also uh, to be able to hear the testimonies and um, and instruction from leaders of the church. So again, find that link in the show notes uh, to be able to check out that two-part podcast series. This I thought was cool. 
There's a woman by the name of Sashika Bonchand. She's the founder of a successful nonprofit for girls, a wife and a mother of three, a member of the church, serving as first counselor in the Ward Relief Society in Louisiana. Uh, she was laid off from her position as a local radio station DJ in the 2008 recession. The first person she called was her former stake president, who had previously told her he wouldn't move home to Utah until she was married in the temple. Mm -hmm. It is an interesting sort of segue in this article. President Riggs Bonchand wrote in a February 2022 article, was glad to hear she was no longer with the radio station. Her ministering sister reacted similarly to the news. Why were they excited I had lost my job? She wrote, because whenever they would talk to me, they could hear my struggle. I had one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Losing my job turned into a great blessing. In 2013, she launched Outstanding Mature Girls with a Z. Find the link in the show notes. It's a nonprofit that's focused on providing health awareness and mentorship to young women in the greater Baton Rouge area and throughout Louisiana. Specifically, the nonprofit educates girls from the 6th to the 12th grade about HIV, sexually transmitted diseases. It also supports them in humanitarian leadership, self-sufficiency, self-worth, courage, wellness, and other health-related fields. And to me, I think that's awesome. program has over Absolutely. 200 participants, and that is definitely, to me, one of those things where you go, what am I, how, what could I possibly, oh, my life is going to be this. Mm -hmm. Something happens. And then God is like, oh, hey. This is what you're going to do. Over here. Yes. Try this. Couldn't be more different, I would imagine, though, being able to use the skills that she had had at the radio station, but then being able to employ them that way and changing, literally changing the lives of sixth to 12th graders. So cool. So yeah. cool. Yeah. What do you got? All right. So uh, the church begins offering its magazines at no cost. Yeah. So uh, my funny thought process on this, and maybe this is going to, I don't know, maybe this ages me a little bit, but do you remember that time when the band U2 partnered with Apple mm -hmm. probably like 10 or 12 years ago and yes. like everybody just had the new album of U2 mm -hmm. uploaded to their iTunes and mm -hmm. like and everyone's like, were, I didn't, I didn't pay for right. this. Did someone get in? Did they yeah. get this? Yep. Exactly. And some people were like excited about it because if you're like me and you're a U2 fan, it's like, yes. But mm -hmm. other people are like, yeah, I don't want this and I can't take it off. I kind of imagine that this is how this would go, that like everybody just all of a sudden their magazines would just show up in the mail. Mm. Turns out it's not like that. No, you have to subscribe. <laughs> but uh, worldwide, basically, the church magazines, the Leahona for Strength of the Youth and the Friend are going to be available for free. Starting August 1st, uh, the church's Asia North area and the North America West areas, they can start subscribing for free and you'll get your first copies in like six to eight weeks. Hmm. Um, the rollout is going to be over time. So um, in December, it's then going to be the Africa Central, Africa South, Africa West areas that it'll be available to, as well as Asia, Caribbean, Central America, Central Europe, East Europe, North, you know, a few other countries. And then um, North America Central, North America Northeast, North America Southeast, North America Southwest, and Utah will be able to get theirs starting February 1st, 2024. You get one subscription per household and it's going to be ongoing. Like this is forever. Mm -hmm. No, no, no need to pay for your church magazines anymore. If you want additional copies, you'll have to order them though through the store.churchofjesuschrist.org. I think that's pretty that cool. Show notes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, one question about all that. Um, mm -hmm. What is a magazine? Is that, is that, right? uh, 
I know. When, I, when I saw it, I just thought it was like, guys, it's online, and now we're going to... We're not printing them anymore. <laughs> yeah, now we're going to notify you, and you don't have to pay. But I can remember, like, being in the foyer, and there was one person in the ward that was, like, that was... The specialist. Calling, the specialist yeah. to sign you up for the ensign back then, or ensign, yep. as we probably fought and argued about. Absolutely. Um, or, you know, getting the 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 new era. The, the flan, new era. Or if flan. you're really old, the improvement era. Oh, yeah. I got 10 yeah. boxes of those in my storeroom. Not a joke. I, I use our, our massive stack of church magazines to cut out pictures for my primary singing lessons. Hmm. Um, but I really like actually having a physical copy because sure. then I can highlight like conference talks and stuff. And I don't have a printer that works because it's 2023 and who prints anything anymore. Sure. So I can't like print off the copy all the time. And I like to the physical act of highlighting because I'm a nerd. So I like the I like physical uh, copy because uh, stick it on the back of the toilet. Naturally. Take a, second, take a second and read, you know, when I have a second. Read about, read President Nelson's most recent words while you're doing Using things. the bathroom. Using the bathroom. Yep. Elder Yagi, uh, that is the General Authority 70. Uh, he served in Cleveland, Ohio. That's why I bring him up. Uh, he has currently... Uh, been called to serve as a member of the Pacific Area Presidency. He, alongside his wife, Amy, uh, and daughter, 17, Eliza, begin service uh, earlier this week. He previously uh, was just called uh, and had been an Area 70 in the Utah area. He's going to be the second counselor in the Pacific Area Presidency. Previously, he'd been an area assistant to the North America Central Area, serving as the church headquarters in the Missionary Department, Priesthood and Family Development um, but a, a a pretty young, pretty young guy graduated from college in '97. So you're thinking wow. high school '93. So you're thinking born '75. Wow, that's, uh, that's how young this guy is, and uh, and making his way around the Pacific. There, I thought this was an interesting story as well. Um, there, you know who Taylor Frankie Paul is. I'm familiar. Yeah. Uh, TikTok, mom talk, warm talk, uh, warm talk. <laughs> There is a she like four million followers or so certainly has had just a a lot of uh, controversy. Know, yeah, controversy and uh, mental illness. And, yeah. um, you know, people have suggested perhaps substance issues as well. Um, w was married, uh, ended up not being married after um, the idea of soft swinging, which is everything but the act um, with a group of people. And uh, so she ended up breaking it off with her husband, or I appropriately should say her husband broke it off with her because apparently mm -hmm. she had taken it uh, too far with someone that wasn't her husband. Now with her boyfriend, and there is a full video of the police, um, the police mm -hmm. video out in, uh, I believe, Harriman, or maybe it's Bluffdale, Utah. I think it was Harriman. Her interacting with the police. And it just is, um, man. It is it is a rough sad. thing to watch, uh, and sad and um, yeah, I don't know. It's a it it you know when you put your entire life out there and that's how you're making money. I suppose it is everyone's right to be able to then see the other parts of your life as well. Mm -hmm. But as I watched it, I just thought, oh, someone get her some help that she is not getting yeah. right now. Yep. So if that's the kind of thing that you like to watch, it's 15 minutes. Uh, you can find that in a link in the show notes. Uh, they're available with all the tears and all the crying. Um, and then I had this that I'll probably just 
<laughs> link in the in the show notes, but I'll I'll point you towards it. Okay. Um, you know, do you ever read the Babylon Bee? I've, uh, I'm familiar. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's like the onion kind yeah, of. Yeah. It's like the onion, but, uh, Christian religious. Yeah. Right? And sometimes there's some LDS things and then sometimes there's, yes, of course there you is. know, other things, right? Yeah. It's not a big deal. Uh, yeah. there, there is a satirical piece, um, in adventisttoday.org, okay. um, where it takes a fictitious person, Sarah Henderson, a devout Adventist who, um, and it's all satirical where she talks about how she is very angry that uh, everyone keeps thinking that she's a Mormon. And it's pretty well written. So uh, (laughs) it's worth checking out. You can find it in the show notes and be able to enjoy it there. Um, If they're going to mistake me for a Mormon, I might as well sing them the Steps to Christ, which is uh, an Adventist song. She now carries a ukulele wherever she goes and has skillfully woven Ellen White quotes into catchy tunes. Well, Ellen White, a known Adventist. So you can, it's pretty well written. And the picture, you could not get a, that woman is a Mormon picture <laughs> better or more well done. It's just a, a well-written satirical article. You can find that in the show notes or you can head to atoday.org. That's for adventisttoday.org. Okay. What All else right. you got? Well, the the uh, Ashworth triplets returned from their mission. Oh, good. All on good. the same day. Okay. They're from Highland. Uh, Cole Ashworth, who served in Portland, Oregon. That's the mission I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Tanner served in Tucson and Brandon served in Detroit. So they actually, two of them left on their mission you know, two years ago on the same day. And the other one left like five days later. So they were like, oh, wouldn't it be neat if they all came home on the same day? But that probably won't happen. But one of them, their mission president was like, I think it's important that you all arrive home on the same day. And Hmm. all of their flights coordinated so that they all arrived within 30 minutes of each other. And it's just a cute little story. They're all back. Well, see, and 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 if you ask me, uh, that one that didn't serve the whole two years and served five days less, shame, shame on shame. Shame. No, just not not even a little bit. So exciting no, for them. And I'm sure that their parents are very happy to have them back. Um, I have another tiny little story. Okay. Uh I, here's a little known fact about LDS church security. Okay. They, I'm they have in. you're leading in. This is a very this is groundbreaking news, Richie. Mm-hmm. They have their own badge that is specially designed for them it says church security csd and like with like a banner you know Mm -hmm. but it has an angel moroni on it i wonder if that'll change though i love that no no i think that's okay i think that's okay okay we'll allow it yeah it's symbolic we're not changing the ctr ring just because that's true that's true. Uh, but it says church security forces often drawn from law enforcement ranks, though not necessarily post certified through the state. They have their own training center, complete with shooting ranges on the western edges of Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there. So because of my husband's business dealings, mm-hmm. which sounds nefarious, but it's 100 percent not nefarious at all. He uh, he deals with the church security on a regular basis. Coolest guys. They are actually. um they have some very stringent, strict, uh, like ability testing that they have to do where they even okay. have to test like higher than police officers on like marksmanship and stuff. Um, but yeah, they have their own badge and that's the end of the story. Okay. 
Now, and there's I, a picture of it in the article. I am chasing it down. You can find that uh, that link in the show notes. Uh, I don't have... Oh, there's employment opportunities. Okay. Still to be uh, chased down. I'm excited to find out more about that. And if anyone well, knows I can get a line on one of those badges, I'm in. Awesome. And in this article, with it's through the Salt Lake Tribune, there is a uh, link to an article that they wrote back in 2019 that is about their training facility. So, okay. Okay. Um, I don't have a subscription to the Salt Lake Tribune anymore. Otherwise, I would have just pulled it up. But my husband made me quit the bank. So, oh. friends reference if you're old like me. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, let's go here, shall we? On July yes. 28th and 29th, the Brigham Young University Management Society, or BYUMS, hosted an African Professional Development Conference in Accra, Ghana. This is cool because people, saints, leaders from eight African countries met with global BYUMS leaders who introduced the leadership and professional development framework. The meeting was held at the Christian Borg Stake Center of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's in coordination with a program called uh, Launching Leaders. It's a personal development course, which you can find at llworldwide.org, as well as mentoring and other resources that contribute to career in advancement. Does this have anything to do with the um, the fellowship that was sent, set up through the church and the NAACP that was sending people to Africa? To or is that not related? The, this uh, mentions no reference of that. Okay, then so, not related. Uh, so maybe, but n not that this article makes the uh, the connection with um, accomplished speakers from Ghana and the U.S. spoke on the conference theme: lift and lead. This uh, llworldwide.org, open for everyone. So if you're looking for maybe some mentoring or other resources that could contribute to career advancement, check it out. Find the link in the show notes. I thought that was incredible that we do that. Um, uh, let's get into some terrible news for a second. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Uh, Lori Vallow Daybell, uh, whose uh. children murdered in an evil, terrible plot. You can hear her talk about that. Uh, was uh, not only convicted a while back, but now sentenced. She was sentenced to the maximum sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole for the two first-degree murder charges of J.J. and Tylee, conspiracy to commit murder of her husband's former wife, Tammy Daybell. The three sentences are to be conserved consecutively because Valo Daybell needs to be held accountable for each of the three murders, said Judge Stephen Boyce. You can hear her uh, speaking on her behalf, and it's just weird. Yeah, I saw somebody post that it was the weirdest testimony meeting they've ever yeah. listened to. Yeah, just bizarre, strange, yeah. the interweaving of uh, doctrine slash not mm -hmm. doctrine of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints into just, you know, zombies and darkness. And, you know, we have to, it, gross. Just gross. Can, can she... I don't know how the law works, mm -hmm. but is this something that can be appealed? Sure. Like, can she, and like, can she just like appeal it forever? Well, I mean, she, she's in jail or right. prison, I guess at this point. So, right. yeah. So I, I, as far as I know, there's mm -hmm. always an opportunity for a, an appeal, but I don't know, you know, because it's the three crimes and because they're life sentences and they're consecutively, you know, like she can probably appeal from uh, prison, but she's still mm -hmm. in prison. So yeah, you know, it would just be like vindication on her part, which sure. is ridiculous, sure. but yeah. crazy. <sighs> so if that wasn't enough, let's go here. 
Oh, yay. Uh, Sean Noble Frost, he was uh, accused of uh, molesting two boys in Clearwater Beach, Florida in September 22. It confirmed the worst fears of a Leesburg couple, according to a $10.3 million lawsuit that they filed against Frost and his wife, Allison. The couple alleged that Sean molested their three young children while he and his wife were babysitting them. Uh, Sean Frost, quote, is a monster who has committed horrific, horrible sexual abuse against young children, uh, according to the lawsuit. In October 2022, Frost was charged in Pinellas County Court in Clearwater with sexual activity, lewd or lascivious exhibition, lewd or lascivious molestation, and lewd or lascivious molestation involving a child between the ages of 12 and 16. In the Florida case, Frost is accused of performing a sex act on one of the boys, according to a criminal complaint. Uh, Frost, a 53-year-old Leesburg resident, has pleaded not guilty. He is free on bond and scheduled to stand trial on uh, this coming January 30th. Um, Attorney Charles King, who represents Frost, said his client denies molesting the three Leesburg children. Jay wrote that the couple moved to Leesburg in 2020 and attended the church uh, in the Leesburg Ward. The Leesburg Ward Church, which is not a party to the lawsuit, is located on Bluff Road in Leesburg. So here's the deal that I think about all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a guy who in two different, uh, congregations was able to do this. Mm. Uh, the church assigned the Frosts as a ministering brother and ministering sister in one of the cases. Um, and, and so listen, I think that in, uh, certainly in my mind, sometimes I hear about these and, uh, I think, I, I instantly go towards the date, right? Mm-hmm. I think, was this 1980? Not that that makes it any better, but I, I think my natural thing is to be, this is maybe how we were and we're not that way anymore. Sure. Or that these things don't occur anymore, or we have put ourselves in a position that these things no longer happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there's a situation like this where there are those allegations and that occurs in one place and then the couple goes to another place. And at the very least, at the very least, and I'm sure that there will be people that have been falsely accused that will come after me for this. At the very least, I feel like if I'm going to be serving around children in my new place and someone says, hey, you know, we're thinking about doing that and now we're going to check. I I want to at least know mm-hmm. that that person was accused of something somewhere else. And there mm-hmm. are... There are measures that can be taken if official claims have been made that mm-hmm. I can search that person. And then and and then to the point that, you know, maybe that person is wrongly accused. That is it does not seem like it's the case in this particular right. one. But then I can say, hey, Sean, I see that as we look at this, that mm-hmm. you uh, had an issue in uh, in Florida. Can we talk about this? Oh, yep. well, see, this is what the issue was. And I'm going to OK. Well, uh, this family that we've assigned you to has children and, you know, I believe you and I trust you, but, you know, for out of an abundance of caution, we're just going to go ahead and not, you know, allow you to minister to these folks. And we're going to yes. give you some other folks to be able to minister. Oh, that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. But again, it's I would much rather be is. safe uh, than in this case, very, very sorry. So yes. you can read. There are far more details that I don't need to read, but if, if it is a thing that you 
uh, need all of the details to that particular story, you can find them in the show notes uh, available at theculturalhall.com. Anything else that you feel particularly pressing that we need to really get into this Articles of News? Just really quick, because of what you just talked about, I Mm want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. So Sister Holland, we recently had her funeral. And um, like I said, the last time you and I were on news together, I have come to admire her extremely. This Mm -hmm. is an article by Hal and Holly Boyd out of the Deseret News. And um, Elder Holland says something that I think is really indicative of the type of woman that Sister Holland was. He said, my wife was a general officer of this church before I was. She was a general officer over a global organization years before anybody thought I had anything to offer. And there's just some really sweet stories about her, how she interacted with her, um, with her neighbors, with her family. She just seems absolutely incredible. One other quick story that I want to share that her daughter shared, um, that she was in seventh grade and she came home and was like crying because she had had a bad day because that's how seventh grade is. And it's terrible. And, um, she said that her mom, you know, gave her a big hug and uh, comforted her and then prayed with her. And she said, whenever I look back on this experience, I am always so touched by her desire to lead me to faith. Mm. It seems really remarkable to me that she would take the bad day of a seventh grader seriously enough to make it a memorable spiritual experience. But what is even more remarkable is that it wasn't at all remarkable at the time. This was a scene similar to many others that played over and over with my brothers and me throughout our lives. And I look at that as a mother of and like my, my son is going to be a seventh grader this year. I've put three others through seventh grade and it's the worst. Mm -hmm. And my kids come home with bad days. And my first inclination is not to pray with them. Mm -hmm. It's to, it's to say either, Oh, we're, we're, uh, we're rallying the troops and we all hate that girl who was so mean to you. We're, we're, my memory is long. We will never be (laughs) friends with them again, you know, or to say, what did you do? Mm-hmm. where what what was your role in the you know and yep. it's never okay not never but my first inclination is usually not to that to first say well let's let's get down on our knees and pray yeah. and I need to change that because it can be very impactful to a child and sister Holland might be my new superhero mm. like mm. she's she's incredible and a great example to us women and mothers, especially in the church, who are just doing our best. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Uh, I want to end on this. So I'm going to share screen. If you're able to uh, check out the videos, you can see most of uh, the episodes that we do on the Cultural Hall's YouTube page. Are you kidding me? Or you can get them before we even publish them. If you are a Patreon saint, check those out. There is a group called uh, Little Moon. And the singer, Emmy, Emma Hardman, or Hardyman, depending on how <laughs> she decides to pronounce it, uh, we used to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, NPR does this tiny desk contest. It is uh, kind of a music-oriented you know, b- bunch of uh, bands that haven't necessarily been discovered yet. They compete, people vote, then they do a tiny desk contest. Uh, road tour where these bands are able to play or certainly at least the winner is able to play um and the winning song wonder i uh talks about um their difficult 
process of leaving uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I, I'm, if anyone knows uh, Emma Hardyman or Nathan Hardyman or Hardiman, as I probably think it's pronounced, uh, would love to be able to chat with them and hear more about that experience. The music is absolutely beautiful. Uh, we're going to play just a short little bit of um, that song as we then move into the third block, which is the Temple Ticker with Corey K. Ward. This is actually more of a familiar feeling. Okay, come on. There it is. Wonder I was written during the time that my mother-in-law was on hospice in Idaho. And Nathan and I were going back and forth between Utah and Idaho. It's like about a four-hour drive. And uh, during that time, I just had this melody coming into mind. And pretty quickly, just because of the circumstances, I think I realized that this song, this melody, was about death. I wrote out the whole structure of the song. So there you go. Uh, I'm going to try and get them into the show. Uh, gorgeous, beautiful music and certainly a story to tell. And I know for some people, they go, why would you do that? Why would you talk to someone who has left the faith? And to you, I would say, you're, you, I think you missed the point of life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, the Mitch, as always, you're going to be exiled for a hot minute because we've got other people we've got to talk to. Other Sounds people good. want to do news too. Don't be so selfish. Fine. Jeez. I you thought I had her. a permanent seat. You can find her over at the Little Lessons podcast if you need your The Mitch fix. Have a great day. Thank you. You too, sir. I had an email from someone who listens to the Cultural Hall. I believe it was a not a lifer, but a convert who said, hey, Richie, are you still teaching the podcast classes? And the answer is yes. In fact, I have even fine-tuned it more than I ever had before. So you might be asking, well, Richie, how do I get in on that? Well, you can always email contact at theculturalhall.com, or you can find me on social media wherever I'm at, Richie T. Stedman, and reach out and say, hey, I listen to the Cultural Hall. I would love to learn more about podcasting or your podcast services, a class, a cohort. There's a group of people. I've even taught uh, the ward historian about podcasting, what it is and how it might be a great benefit to people. If that's something that you're interested in, whether it's for your business or just for your private hobby, maybe something you see your future in, would love to be able to help you along the way. You can find me again anywhere on social media, Richie T. Stedman, or you can uh, just contact us, contact at theculturalhall.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Let us podcast together. To be clear, this is still a show. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop, and they start at only $29 a month. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, the uh, Pharaoh himself joins us to talk all things temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We call it, appropriately and with alliteration, the Temple Ticker. Hello, Pharaoh. How are you? Hello, Richie. I, uh, I uh, am excited because you have been... Uh, not only studying up on uh, the latest and greatest of the temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but traveling and everyone, even if it's for work, is a little bit cheerier when they get to travel, get to be somewhere else for a hot minute. Everything well? Yeah, doing pretty you know? well. Yeah. You leave you leave BYU and now you got a beard just like everybody else. How typical. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like the the uh, missionaries who come home and and you know they get home on what like a Wednesday or a Tuesday and by Sunday they've got the soul patch or they've got a mustache or they're doing something where you're like okay got it we got it we got it 
You can I'm ready, yeah. hair now. Great. Enjoy it. So I'm proud of you. Thank you, RT. I think Fu Manchu, though, is maybe in your future. You've got a good dark, uh, nice uh, kind of lining of the uh, the old uh, the old uh, pie hole. That's what the kids okay. say. The kids say pie hole. You Thank you. Fu Manchu. Isn't that the, uh, it's like a go-to that <laughs> goes all the way down. I think you should, if you okay. want to get crazy, if you want to prove to me how much you like facial hair, Fu Manchu by the next time. <laughs> yeah. I'll consider that. Yeah, yeah, you bet. I bet you will. You seem the type. Uh, we talk all things temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so we start with what? Groundbreakings? Yeah. So even though uh, the month of July is normally a, a dead time for temple news, there is actually quite a bit of releases, uh, news releases this July. Um, so there are going to be two groundbreakings in October, one in Modesto, California on October 7th. We buy Gary B. Saban, I think. Is the head name. coach of Alabama? <laughs> well it's not the first football coach that's been in the 70s um and then on october 28th the fort worth texas temple will be at that ground broken by jose el alonzo so now that uh, gary saban elder saban that sounds familiar uh, jose alonzo i i should probably know who that person is but i don't think i've ever heard that name before might be kind of new okay Okay. Over the last couple of years. So okay. Well then that's on me. I I apologize, Elder Alonzo, that I don't know who you are. Uh so so then what we go after groundbreakings, renderings, temples that are like, hey, this is what this is gonna look like, maybe. Yeah. Um, the Cleveland, Ohio temple. <laughs> I know something that's close to you, Richie. Um, so they released a rending of it. Um, it's, you know, a ten thousand square foot temple, hundred feet tall. Um, definitely, I think, uh, maybe, you know, this better than I do, but they, I think they took some inspiration off of the Cleveland area. Um, when I just looked up like Cleveland architecture, I came up with a lot of pictures of something called the terminal tower in mm -hmm, downtown. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I guess there's other like big museums and stuff like that, that apparently, um, I've been reading that people think it looks kind of like this. So yeah, they'll have a, they'll also build a small auxiliary building outside of the temple, um, for non-patrons had have restrooms, a break room, and then storage. So I know you talked about in Helena, they have some things where you get some waiting stuff in the chapel mm -hmm. next door. Um, because this temple won't have a chapel next door, um, they're going to have a little small building. Next they get an auxiliary that. building that isn't right. a visitor center, but it's a it's an auxiliary building. That's right. And then recently, the town of Independence, which is where the, the temple is located, um, they've approved a lot consolidation and then a conditional use variance. So um, they look like the approvals have been going through smoothly. Uh, Jose Alonso, he was born in Mexico City, Mexico, on November 17th, 1958. He married Rebecca Salazar in February of 1981. They're the parents of two children. He received nice. a medical degree as a homeopathic physician and surgeon. And then in 1991, after attending the National Institute of Pediatrics, he received a degree in pediatric development. He's served as a member of the Central America and Caribbean area presidencies. He worked with the Red Cross Emergency Unit, the San Francisco Medical Clinic, and the Church Education System as an area director. So, Elder Alonzo, I'm sorry. You got quite the, uh, quite the uh, colored, favored career. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. You got a bigger uh, skill. Open, open houses? Is that where we're going? 
Uh, let's go to Bakersfield first, really fast. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, they announced the spot where the Bakersfield Temple will be announced. This is just, I think, announced a couple months ago. Um, this temple, and so it's going to be at the um on the west side of town near the Stockton Stockdale Highway, um, just west of the CSU Bakersfield. So it's going to be a one-story, thirty thousand square foot building. Oh, a little bit bigger. Center. And a meeting house, yeah, a little, little bit bigger. But this oh. is the size of all the other California temples, like the, the Modesto, the Yerba Linda Temple. So, the thing that I wish, and I know this is not how it works, I know it's a lot more formal, but I wish that they'd be like, hey, news channels, here's the coordinate. I'm going to drop a pin, meet us here. And then, you know, all of them come. And then whoever from the church is there. And then they just stood up on, you know, like a short riser, a foot riser or so. And there, and all the news people are like, "What are we doing here? What are we doing here? What are we doing here?" And then the person just goes, "The temple will be there," and just points, <laughs> and that's it. That's that's what I wish the location announcements would be like. Have their cane yeah. go out and <laughs> make a spot right there. Here will be a temple built to our God. Strike the ground, <laughs> <laughs> and here shall be a temple. To our God, that'd be <laughs> it'd be a lot more dramatic if we if we got to pick if we got than a press release. Goes. Yeah, we got to choose how this goes. Uh, okay, so what do we go? Uh, open houses, yeah. Open you know, houses, there, yeah. There really was a lot, and you know, you said July is usually a pretty dead month. The reason why, and people, if you don't recognize or realize this, uh, uh, all of the leadership takes the month of July off. It's like. It's like uh, being uh, in Congress. They say, don't go back here for a bit. And so normally things don't get released. But yeah, there's just been a ton. I guess when you have over 300, you can't take a month off. It's true. Uh, so Moses Lake, Washington. Yeah, they just began their open house this last week. Um, they, they um, I guess their their top guest was a, um, a Catholic uh, leader from the Diocese of Yakima, hmm. Robert Siller. So he was kind of the top guest that visited um, on Monday. And the open house will run uh, this, I think, Friday through the 19th of August. And then we saw the first interior photos of the temple. Um, because Moses Lake is such an agricultural rich area, they took inspiration off of things like apple blossoms, potato, alfalfa. Um, and then they kind of use a prairie style um, kind of Native American motif. Um, that's uh, kind of throughout the temple. And of yeah, course, Moses Lake okay. is um, named after Chief Moses Kiltik Plan. So that's a, a, a tribute to that Native American leader. Did you, uh, were you impressed with what the uh, inside look there of Moses Lake? Anything that was significant where you're like, oh, we haven't done that before? Um, yeah. Um, I really like the bride's room. They have a chandelier that says they got it from Venice, Italy. Wow. And I like some blown glass and everything. And the windows just kind of look like they have like um kind of like there's trees blocking the windows because it's kind of like looking like you're kind of in a forest or whatever. Wow. So you have like nice apple blossoms and everything. So yeah. Moses Lake, uh not not really close. Um, like if you're driving from Utah or Idaho, at least on two of the routes that I could take, because I was gonna stop by mm -hmm. and actually like, you know, go and be like, no, oh, there it is. Nope. If you're if you're driving cross country through Montana, um, you'll it's right next to I ninety, so you'll pass yeah. right by it without having to exit the freeway. Yeah, but if you're fifteen or if you're eighty four, forget it, pal. You're not going by Moses Lake. 
Sorry. It's all right. It's all right. I'm very <laughs> disappointed. I did a road trip recently. I was like, I bet I'll be nearby. Nope, I wasn't. Too far. Couldn't just. You passed through Yakima, right? Yeah. 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 Not close enough. Could have been Yakima. Could have been a Yakima instead of a Moses Lake temple. Yeah, the church um, says that members of the church first began to move to the area in the 1900s to buy farmland. So I guess kind of a long history of church members there. Well, and tons of church of uh, farmland owned up there by um, members or not members of the church, but by the corporation of the church. Tons. Ag reserves. Yeah. A huge Uh uh, swath, if you will. We have our our little place. This is for real, too. People will think I'm joking because of the tone I'm using. But there's a place where it's like, oh, everything the light touches belongs to the Mormons. And then, <laughs> that part, and then if you turn and face the other way, everything the light touches belongs to Bill Gates. And it really is like, yeah, I think the church and Bill Gates got in a like a bidding war off a of big part of land. That the yep. One. Yep. So, yep. So it's right in the that, area. Brother Gates, take that. <laughs> Uh, so much, there literally is so much. I'm surprised as we just kind of keep go through all this. Uh, you can find in the show notes, by the way, uh, links to all of the things we're talking about, the interior photos, if you want to see the location of these various temples. So now we go to Brazil. Yeah, this is kind of a big deal for the country of Brazil. Um, there's the first temple in the capital of Brazil, Brasilia. Um, it opened for tours and more than, it says more than 450 journalists, government leaders and other dignitaries have attended the temple on the first day of it open. Um, the governors of both Brasilia and the state of Bahia um, both got tours by Sister and Elder uh, Suarez. So, And you got to think that, what, they're probably just hanging out there a lot of the time? Because normally, <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, like they're probably, the church was probably like, hey, go down there and be there for this. It's yeah, only- perhaps during his vacation, he was he was down there in Brazil and he just stayed there. Maybe. Yeah. It's only four weeks, you guys. You can take it. We'll 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 get you a nice place. Stay down there and be there for any of the top level uh, officials that want to go in. I think yeah. I I don't know why they wouldn't do something like that. And normally there's only like um two or three days of VIP tours, but um they're having a full like two weeks of yeah. VIP tours. Yeah. There. So, and it's going to be open from August 12th to September 2nd. And we saw the first interior photos of this temple. And so um you know this is you don't see this kind of style every day. Um, if you're familiar with like the Jordan River, the Idol Falls, the Provo Temple, I and mean, it's kind of a mid, uh, mid, mid-century modern style, you have a lot of white marble, you have a lot of arches and columns, you have a lot of stained glass that's in geometric shapes, um, you have a lot of wood paneling throughout the temple. It seems to me that it's probably a little bit fancy because I sort of think of Brazil as a little bit fancy. <laughs> Certainly, the the capital um, is a planned city. So back in like the early night, or I don't know mid 1950s time um brasilia was a planned city and one of the prominent architects there oscar niemeyer mm-hmm. um, he designed several of the buildings it says to have clean lined expansive cantilevers complex curves and he wanted these buildings to kind of look like they were like arches on a sailboat and so mm. i think this temple kind of lives up to that in your notes you say con- uh, cornerstone is surrounded by water what does that mean <laughs> i found this funny so um, instead of having like um, flower gardens on the um, the edge, like right next to the temple, mm-hmm. you have these reflecting ponds um, to kind of um, kind of that mid-century look of having a clean line throughout the temple. Um, and I saw that the cornerstone of the temple was located like right above these reflecting ponds. And so it made me wonder that if they had not have um, gotten rid of these uh, cornerstone ceremonies, they would have had to like got some 
weird contraption to stand over the water to put the the, the mortar in. I don't know. No, see, this <laughs> it would have been very complicated. Maybe they got rid of the cornerstone just for this temple. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. Thank you for coming around. And here's the thing. I, I think it's I think it's our faith. I think that's why. <laughs> because could have just stood on the water. Could have just done, stood on the water. You had the and done the cornerstone ceremony. <laughs> the, the other thing that I think is interesting, and you didn't point this out, but um the architect for the Brasilia Brazil temple. Uh, also invented the hot dog, which I didn't know that. That's very Tell me more, Richie. Yeah. <laughs> well, Oscar Niemeyer, uh, my baloney, has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a second name. It's N-I-E-M-E-E-Y-E-R. Congratulations. <laughs> I've now let you down a of which we cannot go back. Uh, the, this was, this. Uh, I, I knew it was coming, but I didn't know the reasons why. I figured as much uh, the temple closure of the San Diego temple. Yeah, um, it closed on Saturday, July 29th. Um, they're gonna, during the renovation, which will probably be a couple years or so, um, they're going to fix kind of the leakages that have been happening in the windows and the roof. They're going to repurpose the cafeteria and the dining room. Um, don't know what it will be repurposed to, but they're going to enlarge some of the ordinance space as well. And then this temple um, is kind of, you know, being in a humid climate, like, or I guess a wet climate like uh, San Diego, it's had a lot of problems with the stucco. So maybe mm. they'll do something with that. Mm. And then something I noticed that wasn't really publicized by the church, but was on the schedule of these temples, um, is that several of these small Hinckley temples in the United States are closing for like five or six months. Um, and so they're kind of like not full renovations. Um, Columbia, South Carolina, Winter Quarters, Nebraska, Nashville, Tennessee, Louisville, Kentucky are all having um, closures for several months. And so maybe instead of these full renovations that we're seeing in these other smaller temples, they're kind of they're opting to do a, a smaller, more targeted renovation. And and or could be um, they're just going to start taking out walls and bringing in the modular ones. <laughs> they're going to knock out the uh, you know, we've got we've got it on mass production down in Alabama. We're like, we need That's a right. wall for the whatever temple. I imagine sort of a big x-ray or not x-ray, but a big um, printer. Why can't I think of what it is? 3D printer. Just making the walls of the temple there. And then they put them on a truck and we we, we <laughs> put them in like, that we can change them out. Yeah. Um, something we learned this past month is that um, uh, we've been debating about that. Uh, the government approvals for the Cody Wyoming temple. Mm -hmm. But we learned that the church has already sneakily um, shipped those modules for the temple and are storing them um, in town. And so I guess some journalists noticed that there's some, there's some big white um, containers like on the site of in this, this place in town. And so they were wondering what they were and the church did confirm that those are the pieces for the temple. And so mm -hmm. even though the temple has been delayed because of approvals, the church was ready to, or the, the people from Alabama were ready to go with those modules. And so now they're just sitting there in Cody. My, uh, my grandma uh, called it counting your eggs before they're hatched. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really is a big deal. If you follow anything in Cody, it is a town council divided. I have a call into the mayor of uh, the town of Cody, hopefully to uh -huh. be on an episode to talk to us about it on how it's impacting this small town in Wyoming that they said, listen, yeah, of course, there's lots of members of the church here. Come build your temple. That's fine. That's not the issue at all. What is the issue? It's the steeple. The steeple. It's, it's, That's the, the, one. it's the height of the steeple. 
Now, there are a lot of people that are like, listen, we don't want this here. This is a, you know, a ginormous billboard for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And other people, you know, members of the church who are like, listen, this is great. It's going to improve value. It's an iconic thing. It's, you don't understand what it means. All of these things. But the church now two lawsuits in to be able to have the steeple be 90 additional feet beyond the 30 feet that the building of the temple is. Yeah, the church confirmed the Select Tribune this week that they're still seeking to build the temple at its full steeple size. Um, and then, yeah, two lawsuits, um, one about the procedures about um, the board, how they maybe didn't, didn't have something to do with the votes. Um, they were wondering if they were supposed to get approval, even though they had a full quorum. I don't know. You'll have to read about it in the links that I provide. Um, it's kind of complicated. But yeah, yeah the second lawsuit um, just filed, I think, this week is trying to clarify that does this board have the, the right to, to regulate height for a steeple? And basically, so yeah, two two lawsuits now, Cody, are happening. An interesting discussion that's sort of an aside to all this is uh, if the town, and presumably is, okay with the temple being built there, and we're just making a lot of people mad by building a steeple, I, I mean, I guess my question is, why don't we just not build the steeple and not make people mad? Now, I know. There will be people that are like, well, but it was approved. Okay. And then, you know, because of some weirdness with the city council, it was not approved anymore. It it doesn't seem to me that what the outside and certainly the steeple, because it's not, we're not talking about the symbol of Moroni or, you know, a statue <laughs> of, of the savior or anything like that. It seems to me far more important, one, that the building be built and that I'm able to, you know, do the ordinances within. That's probably primary. And then two, that it serves as an opportunity to unite the community. And that does not seem like what this is. So, so if someone contacted the cultural hall.com can share with me why it's so danged important that we stick with our steeple plans. Is it so we aren't pushed around? Is that why we're so adamant about it? Is we don't want to be discriminated against for our steeple size. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get, I don't get why we don't just go, you know what? Thank you for letting us be in the community. And and I think the same sort of thing sort of extends to Heber, although it's a completely different issue. Yeah. Um, it looks like uh, maybe instead of the planning commission um, getting involved, it might just go straight to the city council now. So they're going to probably get more of the responsibility of approving the temple. There's still some questions over the lighting, the height, and maybe the church will also file a lawsuit if things don't go that way. So we'll see how that happens. Okay. All right. A pageant starting. This is Temple we'll, we'll leave off with some happy news. Um, the Next to the Preston England Temple, it's over in Chorley, England, where they have the MTC. Um, they're going to run the British pageant over the next two weeks. So August 2nd through the 5th and the 8th through the 12th. Um, the, Bridget, the British pageant is happening. Um, this is one of only three remaining pageants that are um, produced by the church. Um, this is pageant is typically held every four years, but it's been delayed since 2020 because of COVID, obviously. Um, but you can see the British pageant also every year in Nauvoo. And so if you don't get the chance to go to, to Chorley, go ahead and go to Nauvoo. So uh, same script, but they only do it every four years in Chorley. Am I understanding that right? That's what I understand. See, I, I and I think if you're going to see the British pageant, you see the uh, the one in England. 
Yeah, you don't want those fake English accents yeah. like the ones in our Hello! <laughs> Is that Brother Joseph? Well, I guess we'll go to the United States. Like, you know that there's got to be that one. And I'm here for it. I'm here for every bit of it. That one guy who <laughs> is so excited about it and so exaggerative about it. Well, I guess I'll pray about it and see if I'm back here on the ship in the morning. And you're just like, okay, guy. Okay. Good, good for you. <laughs> Thank you for your mission service. Because they are their missions, even though they're short. The the folks uh, doing it in Nauvoo, it's a mission. I wonder, is it just, um, is it similar to like when Manti, if you're just sort of in the area, you auditioned and then you're able to be part of it? Do you know that much of your Brid- British pageantry? Uh, yeah, that's what I assume. Um, although maybe they're not too picky. It says that they have over 130 performers. And then over 700 people volunteering. So it's a big production and they're taking every one that they can get. I assume. Okay. Okay. Putting it on my calendar right now, 2027. I'm going to do it backwards. I'm going to be the exuberant guy, but go to Britain. <laughs> I love it. Hello, everyone. Pack your books of Mormon and we leave in the morning. Did he say leave in the morning or did he say leave in the morning? Uh, Thank you for doing uh, as you do all the time, over preparing and providing links for everything that we talked about. You can find those in the show notes at theculturalhall.com. You can also see Corey's cute face on YouTube. If you want to find the uh, cultural hall over on YouTube, you can find the temple ticker uh, video. He and I, you can see that good looking beard in my, my now I'm clean shaven. Look at how all that works. We I hope know. that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. Hope that um, if you won't be able to listen this week, you'll be able to listen next week. And then when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the cultural, the cultural hall. hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. 